This is Shaco Art Speak. Welcome to Shaco Art Speak. Yep, that's what we're doing. Code Red is not here. Nope. He's so, there, so there's no clarifications from Cody this week. Yeah, Code Red in absentia. Yeah, no Cody Spice. Mm-hmm. No spicy Cody this week. Um, there is Dr. Snacksville, and that is uh, always a wonderful thing. His name is actually Gareth <laughs> Carrington Blackwell. <laughs> throwing my middle name hey, out yeah, there. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and my name is Ryan Todd Letario, and thankfully my mom last minute changed it to Ryan and not Todd because I just... I'm just going to say that. I'll just leave it there. I just, you know, I'm glad my name's Ryan. Yeah, not Todd. I'm Ryan. So Todd Ryan. Ryan Todd makes more sense than Todd Ryan for me. So anyhow, mm-hmm. here we are. Um, the more you know. The more you know, the less you like us. And that's great. That's <laughs> our goal. I feel like we've had this intro before. Yeah, definitely. There's we're, like we've a, done enough of these. We're, we're in our fourth year, man. Yeah, we're we're just on yeah on repeat intro steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to cycle back. Every mm-hmm. painter does it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's like that Led Zeppelin song, "Ramble On." Yeah, I that's thought it was uh, "Stairway to Freebird." Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and she's climbing a stairway to Freebird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, what are we talking about? We got our. You're the third. I'm the third question. You got. You drew the shortest straw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's made sense. It's kind of created a nice little. Uh, so we're, we're doing this arc. thing this year in 2023 where we're bringing questions to each other yeah and we're not telling each other what the question is and so we're on the third of our first round of of posing these questions yeah and i think it's really great because one thing i mentioned off air a few weeks ago is um you know the last couple years you me and cody have been involved in reading kind of the same stuff along the same timeline sure so we've been uh, you know kind of having uh, off-air conversations about this stuff that we're reading in in pretty much the same sort of time periods this year we have very disparate reading lists mm-hmm. to an extent. There's still yeah. overlap because yeah, we, it's overlap. you know we're friends. We have interest. But yeah. um, what's nice about it is we get to where we got to have very like specific sort of conversations around those books we were reading because we were all sharing that experience. Now we're having disparate experiences, which means we're bringing different ideas from different uh, writers and authors, correct? Um, fiction and nonfiction, yeah, kind of to the table. So it's it's it is a good chance to kind of sit back and be like, hey, here's a question for you. Yep, I love um, it because we're just at a place where we don't have as much time to sit down and have those conversations as much as maybe the, the texts themselves are, are kind of do that conversation. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, I'm third question. Um, you know, we had some good stuff about, uh, the impulse behind bringing together two, two art forms. Uh, mm-hmm. we talked about how narrative shapes us. And so my question is, uh, you know, we live in a very digital world. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of our interaction happens through digital devices or digital interaction. Um, so how does that, level of digital interaction impact the way we pursue craft. Mm-hmm. Um, say it again, dude. How does the level of digital interaction that we have as a part and parcel of our society, how does that digital interaction impact the way we pursue craft? And I picked my words very wisely with it. Like they're very specific and intentional. Um, so how does the digital reality that we're in impact our pursuit of craft okay so if there's the there's reality and then there is digital reality mm-hmm. and digital, digital digital reality part is a, a subsidiary of reality so it has its um it has its place in the world mm-hmm. so when you think about craft so when you think about uh craft you know, craft is a very like 
human activity mm-hmm. and um and it's it's a historical activity mm-hmm. and it's a way that you can kind of retrofit um human activities prior to the sort of the the most clearest formalization of craft mm-hmm. so you can look back and say oh there's a craft aspect to what and the what is a lot of objects that have been made for various types of purposes mm-hmm. in in a uh, physical way because you when you talk about objects uh, by and large we're talking about physical objects you know there's there's um, objects that we can't perceive with the naked eye mm-hmm. that in terms of scale uh, um, are still designatable as an object unto right. itself but yeah. not necessarily the the most um, obvious kind so um, how does the digital reality we are in affect our ability uh, to um, work in, uh, to, to, does it, you said that how, how does it affect our craft? How does it impact our pursuit of craft? Yeah, our pursuit. So, so then what you're saying is you're pursuing the, your, your, the, so what's implied then is, is indirectly is the pursuit of making out of dirt, basically. Mm-hmm. You're talking about making out of mud. Mm-hmm. So digital is like electricity. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, um, you can use craft language as a proxy to talk about electricity. You could like, in other words, you can like imbue uh, the the work of harnessing mm-hmm. energy into um, digital frameworks and and, and um, systems that allow for um, the perception of our input. Mm-hmm. You like you know so. Um, but the Im- imprinting is different than the imprint of my thumb on a clay pot, let's say. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so it becomes an, an interesting discussion on uh, the overlap and the difference. Mm-hmm. And where is the overlap? Is, is the overlap a real overlap or a adjacency? Is it um, um, an appropriate appropriated overlap? In other words, it's it's actually fundamentally not what we're saying, but we 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 can say it as if it were. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so um, what I what I do think is because we are earthen beings in um, very much people of the dirt ourselves, uh, our pursuit of craft is a pursuit towards um, materiality mm-hmm. and digital phenomena affects it in such a way where it, it, it lessens our our desire, our need, and our intensity towards the making of our hands. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Yeah, I think it's a great place to start because with it, you know, it's how does the digital world, how does our digital existence um, impact our ability to pursue craft? Um, so with that, it is that there is um, this idea of like makerliness or um, uh, skill, right, Is is not it is a part of the arts, but it is not part and parcel to individuals who are working within the arts. Mm-hmm. Right. It's why we have art school because just because you have an interest does not mean you have a skill or whatever skill you have does not mean that that's where you are forever. Mm-hmm. It can grow. It can change. We can adapt. <clears throat> so there's a, a conversation about like pursuing that. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the, so there is a, there's like an, I don't know, you could, you could say there's like an idealistic mm-hmm. kind of underpinning in it. Right, where mm-hmm. you know I am um, of the two of us, we've established I'm the one who is uh, the one who will more than likely wax idealist. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from all the problems with that, <laughs> it is uh, 
it is one of those things where I will speak in those kind of categories um, and like platonic. And then you're always kind of like pulling, pulling my helium balloon strings back down to the earth and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, but we're here. Like mm-hmm. we're still, we're yeah. in this, so we got to yeah, contend yeah, yeah. with it. Um, so really like when, when I start to think about that, I think about like how, how like the pantomime of like a smartphone or social media or the pantomime of uh, knowledge heavily uh, quoted um, just because I'm able to see a whole bunch of stuff at once, mm-hmm. how that pantomime then maybe makes me think I'm better at things than I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. And because I've seen a lot of stuff, I, I, the world that's flattened through a digital kind of lens becomes the real world being flattened as well. Mm-hmm. And I might overestimate my ability because I've seen it done. Yeah, it kind of lessens your, that's what I was saying, it lessens your desire to pursue it. Yeah. Based on the demands of whatever it is, mm-hmm. because you're, um, you know, and then there's, you know, we've chased it down so many times, but it's just to say that, you know, and and, and also because like, um, you know, this is what happened with, with industry and crafts is like, there's the artisan who said that you know, the crafts were, um, you know, as, as maybe we understand them now, were like this, um, kitsch or also um bourgeoisie like you know average person activity that can be um mass produced and mm-hmm. so you've got these weird connotations bound them in it but if you if you get underneath of those your cr- cr- craft is the uh, intimate involvement with the summation of things in a way um according to whatever uh, a person wants that to look like and feel like and be like and and when when craft is divorced from art and design actually because i actually really believe that art design and craft are like one mm-hmm. amalgamate thing and then we've splintered them we've talked about that but uh so craft makes more sense at home with the others they all make more sense together than apart not to chase that down today but mm-hmm. but i say that to say then um uh the the issue is the way we ex- temp- temporally experience time in space um, and time in a digital space. Mm-hmm. And time and space connect to our sense of freedom, our freedom of movement and our freedom. So in, in, a, in, a, in a reality that doesn't require as much movement from us, i.e. Mm-hmm. a digital one, it makes it harder to want to lift your hands to the work of making something that can be made in this other reality mm-hmm. without having to do that kind of work or just, you don't have to be in that way, mm-hmm. you know, just to, to strip away work for a second and just say, you don't have to be that. Um, and you know, this implicates a lot of the conversations we've been having. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to really quarantine it, mm-hmm. the, economy of desire has changed to more um, immaterial things or Im- immaterial phantoms of things mm-hmm. so so um so there's a a loss of memory uh or that's your haptic memories is diminished mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like saying like we don't do handwriting anymore well so it just follows that then you're not not only is it like you'll do it less, but then there's people that just won't know it ever existed, yeah, which yeah, means yeah. they'll have no muscle memory for it. It's not a part of their mm-hmm. perceptual and memory-based experience of things. And so so anything 
any any human endeavor that is laid down uh, can become harder to pick back up hmm. um, because the me- cultural memory of it is gone. And so um, these are exchanges that we make all the time. And so I think how does how does the digital phenomena or reality affect our pursuit of craft? Well, it, it's it's offering um, uh, it's proposing an experience that demands different aspects of our humanness than the ones that are most akin to crafting. So you could get like on a, a 3D modeling system and be using the language of craft mm-hmm. to um, model it, render a figure for an animation. And, and, I, and I'm not diminishing that there's an acumen and acuity and artistry that's required and then there's the assistance of the tools. And that's definitionally the case with a paintbrush as well in a canvas. Mm-hmm. What I am saying though is, the, the, that's why I said there's the samenesses and the differences. The difference, and I'm not. I'm not even saying it's all better or worse. But if you're asking the question, um, we've thought of craft as like a uh, a whole encapsulative mode to its detriment mm-hmm. because it's sort of like color is a property. So when you start to think of color existing independent from a property, you start to lose a lot of what color is. Yeah. that's where it becomes a theory. Mm-hmm. And that's that is plus and minus. Like if you can't wet it back up to properties of physical objects, well then you've lost something that is more primary about color than secondary, mm-hmm. and they become flip flopped. As so that's what's happened with craft. So so then when craft becomes a more theoretical practice, it starts to lose its distinction because um, as we we move through things, there's plenty of other things that you're like, well, but isn't that craft too? And then, then you have to do like, well, what do you say there? Like, mm-hmm. and so then you go, you go to a craft department, and they have, we have to be like craft material studies, mm-hmm. because we recognize that there is uh, ceramics is not definitely craft, right? Woodworking is not definitely mm-hmm. craft, and you've atomized, and now you have to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So there's, so it's like you can be bothered by that, or you can just dip towards the digital space not be bothered by that, not get dirty, mm-hmm. not get mess on your clothes, not take time, but let time take you. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just kind of are in a alternate time space that doesn't necessarily govern itself by uh, the laws of physics as we understand it out here. And you can yeah. scroll and you can fast forward and you can, and you can, you can have command over reality in a, a way that doesn't have command over your reality. Mm-hmm. So you so so you lose something in the move away from the pursuit of craft that you can't get in the pursuit of the digital reality. And so then it becomes a question of like there's like a second part to this in my mind is like how does one exist uh in a flourishing state um with generative possibilities both digital and not you know, or craft not, and I don't want to change yeah. the conversation. I'm no, just saying totally. that would be like a, a follow up to this would be to say, okay, so, so what's the enjoinder? Like, how does this all come together? Kind of circling back to Cody's conversation almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, with craft, um, like purposeful use of that term, because it does have such a messy, like you're, you're waiting into stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's a historically loaded term that has not necessarily been like adequately or like concisely sort mm-hmm. of defined, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a, like a constantly in limbo sort of thing. Um, because in the, maybe the more like standard definition of it, a lot of folks would say, oh, craft, you're talking about kind of like, you know, how well things are done or like a finish 
mm-hmm. sort of quality to it or mm-hmm. or like uh you know maybe maybe somebody might really nonchalantly be like oh craft like skill like mm-hmm. you know like you're good at your craft mm-hmm. you know you got skills mm-hmm. um you know so it's a it's a messy term to have to like unpack in a lot of ways but i think also there's a um when we talk about the digital kind of landscape um you know a hundred years ago if you're making something it's going to be you know highly functional mm-hmm. or it's going to be not functional but additive additive mm-hmm. to somehow to, to the culture you're a part of um you know, so um, you could have things like, you know, paintings have their function, but they're not like going to hold water at your dinner table, mm-hmm. right? Um, so in that sense. So there's also a, an understanding within a digital, an increasingly digital world of how people will consume whatever it is you've made, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, painting in my home, you're going to see and experience in a very different way, uh, which will require different things of it. Mm-hmm. And will require different things of the, the hand that makes it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if if you're just kind of looking at my website, if you're kind of like checking out the gallery website that I'm you know being represented by, if you're just seeing my stuff in you know a book or quarterly and annual, mm-hmm. like there's there's some levels that don't have to really be met, yeah. Because you're going to have these other sort of mediums that it's still passing through. Well, so, you know, so yes, yeah, so that's interesting. So if you say, so we, we, ha- we still participate in this world. Mm-hmm. So like, so your perception is again, like just to keep saying it, is predicated on your memory and your senses. Mm-hmm. So you smell, feel, touch. And so a lot of things that don't activate that, but activate just your visual, mm-hmm. um, rely upon your prior experience through your other senses in primary reality. Yeah. So they only live in a um, surrogate way to your first order experience. Mm. And if you eliminate your first order experience, then you eliminate the ability to upload your other senses into your perception of the thing you're looking at on the. Yeah. So so what I'm trying to say is like if you look at my paintings online, they they have a clarity to them that you'll miss the uh, the hair that got trapped in the paint, mm-hmm. the brush bristle, or the right. crack, or the you know, the, the imperfections, you'll, you'll miss the smell mm-hmm. of the paint. You'll miss the way your head has to move from left to right and then over and under and around to look at it. And those sort of analog experiences with actual space, primary space, have a different inf- informative effect on, on someone than the scroll of a finger and the eyes engagement. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a reduction in, in the one that magnifies our optics against a flat screen yeah. and our ability to see. So it's dimin- actually, so the ability to see is diminished as well because yeah. the, the, the um, ability to see is discoordinated from, it's not coordinated with the rest of your body moving. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's being dislocated from that and, and uh, being asked less of us um, while we're undergoing blue light experiences and so i mean yeah, yeah. so it's it's an odd and so like if you if you took the logic forward and you said people live in pods with no sensory experience then what you're getting is science and you know and i'm not going to go too far here i just want to like yeah, yeah. point to the highway that we've kicked at so much because it's so eminent is you get people saying well that's that's no problem we're going to find ways to make the controller vibrate we're going to augment reality and try to yeah, rewrite your in neural, a body suit. Yeah, re, good yeah. To go. yeah, rewire your neural ul, and then your olfactor mm-hmm. 
um, your, your possibilities through a different pathway. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, that becomes a really interesting challenge. And and we're really fascinated with that. And that is, um, maybe that is true, but when you're dislocated from what a human is, then you can't really know. Mm -hmm. You just, you're a slave to the next thing. Like you're, you're enslaved to that. Like, so like logically that is what has to happen next by virtue of the values that would put us in a position Mm -hmm. to be drawn that way. And so then what happens is the craft, like craft, uh, the, the using and the squeezing and the manipulating of the hands in space and time and the gathering and the Mm -hmm. forming and the forging and the development and the heightened sense of hands at work in matter mm-hmm. um, as it relates to our ontology and the giving of such things to others to walk around and move and smell and touch and feel, let's say, mm-hmm. is um, is being totally denied, but when it's presented, feels passe. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't actually feel like you're going forward or you're participating with the future of where humans are headed. Yeah. And so so it makes it hard for people to so digital reality makes it hard for people to want to do that without feeling like they're Amish. Hmm. And I don't mean that's no critique on the Amish. It's to say that that you're completely isolating yourself from where civilization is headed. Yeah. yeah. And it's possibly that maybe that's true. But. But but that implicates the whole notion of progress. And so, like, if you're not necessarily progressing, then you're actually reclaiming something of what it means to be human yeah a hundred percent and it's it's just tough uh because um when we think about uh like all these sort of things like everything that changes right we we all read it in grad school right you're you're reading uh dairy he's talking about the frame and mm-hmm. like the frame impacts because it surrounds uh, it, it, it gives other kind of visual clues. It, it cuts off. It provides the space. It does all these things. It, it provides a contextualization of an object. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when we're hanging shows in the gallery, it's a, it's a question of how things go together because, oh, is this going to, is, is this frame making this thing more of an object or less of an object? Mm-hmm. Is the frame itself the object and the art is not being seen because of it? Like, how are we, how are we viewing things based on something tangible mm-hmm. like a frame? And then we get to an idea that what we are doing by and large is exploring our world through a, a framed window. And then once we make tangible objects that we then are experiencing uh, by passing to friends or family or loved ones or on our website um, through this weird little frame that we have in our pocket 24-7, like how does that actually impact what we're doing, right? Because now it's not, it's not a controlled environment of a gallery or a museum mm-hmm. or your home where these things are then taking place. Instead, mm-hmm. you've offloaded into the same place where there's a billion other experiences that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've, it, it just seems like there's this, there's this uh, large space of exploration where it's like, what kind of murky mud soup are we making mm-hmm. of the objects that we think we're holding dear yeah. um, by having this thing? It's, it's almost to the point where it's like, I don't want to look at any art on my phone, but that's mm-hmm. a stupid kind of Luddite way to think about things yeah. because one of the best ways to not have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars going to see things is by just checking the internet. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't afford to go yeah. to places in Europe or, or Asia or Africa or South America to check yeah. stuff out. So the problem is not in the tools or in the mediums because digital is a medium. Yeah, totally. So it's, it's when they're flipped into ultimate realities. Mm-hmm. So when craft is flipped into an ultra, ultimate reality, let's say, like where people like are like, this is definitional to our existence. Well, then you'll get rebellion because it doesn't, it's too thin of a worldview to uphold to those values. So it's a, uh, 
we take good things and make them ultimate things and they become bad things. They buckle under the weight of a miss um, assigning of expectation. Mm-hmm. And so things that are not ultimate made ultimate crush. So like uh, relationships, people, et cetera. So then we, so you, and then they, they send us into a ping pong dilemma. So the, the really the root, the root of most of this is actually like human desire mm-hmm. and confusion, you know, so confusion um, generates splintered atom, atomizing activities that are always deconstructive. Mm-hmm. They, they're always a tear. It's always a tear down and a breakdown. So anything that looks solid must be broke down. Yeah. And so, and so that's, you know, that's just definitional. And so every, like I remember living through, uh, back in the early days, like early 2000, living through people saying that like the only way to know if you can marry someone is to live with them for three years. Mm-hmm. And within 10 years, every psychologist and therapist was like, do not do that. It lands in gross divorce. Statistically, mm-hmm. it's off the charts. Yeah. So, so okay, so, but here's the thing. We just lived 10 years of supposed authorities telling you to do something this way. And because of the veneer of progress, they get to say 10 years later, our hands are clean what science has discovered or what studies have found is that it actually doesn't work. Okay. But you acted as an authority and determined that it should be this way. And now there's gross fallout from it. Mm-hmm. That's actually the world we live in. That's the way people operate. And it's the elitists that, uh, occupy these incredible spaces and define things. And then when it doesn't work, then they just act like it, it never, didn't work or they act like they didn't they weren't involved yeah don't being, shoot the messenger yeah we're and we're going through that i won't say with what but i know, I know a lot of people know we're going through that right now in mm-hmm. our culture with what we were told and what we were supposed to do and how we had to do it, and heaven forbid anybody didn't mm-hmm. and now now people are like well hey we didn't really know no some of us knew mm-hmm. and you didn't want to listen to us because you thought that certain people were better than other people mm-hmm. you know and so that's what we do and so what i'm trying to all i'm trying to do there is just say that in and around all of this is just the heart. It's like the, our desires are are so wonky. And what's really interesting about uh, um, desires that have gone awry is that uh, desires are all like human desires meant to set its affection and its um, aims on something that can sufficiently uh, receive and sustain affections and aims and goals. And so because it's like a wandering phenomenon it's like the the eye in lord of the rings like sorrow oh, yeah, it's like yeah. it's always it's always looking because it can't find a rest mm-hmm. it's always looking and so that's what that's what humans do in our hearts is we're always looking and can't find a rest nothing will rest and solve that for us and so then we uproot we ruin we blame shift uproot we ruin we blame shift and the resiliency of reality is that good things still happen so it's a paradox like you still see good things you still see people doing good stuff it's just that it's not optimal or flourished the way that it could be because underneath it all, we're just like, oh, digital, I'm going to live there instead of seeing as like, what an incredible tool. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the person that sees a comic book and says, that was a great story. And imaginatively, I'm activated into thinking more about how I, I act as I face down this challenge at school today. Mm-hmm. And then there's the person that says, I'm the superhero unicorn in the, in the story. Yeah, yeah, and they come home and they like start to dress like it, and that's not satisfying enough. So they say, "No, you guys got to confirm that I am." Mm-hmm. And that's not enough. So they say the store has to. That's not enough. And they say the society has to. And then by the time society gets on board, they're like, "I'm not that anymore. I'm a this." Yeah, yeah. And so it it it, it shifts society. 
to follow a searching and wandering heart that has no leadership. It's not grounded in anything, so it can't lead. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like you ever try to go to the store with a four-year-old and have them shop for you. Yeah. yeah. That's how we're building society. Like the four-year-old decide everything. Mm -hmm. And then you have to act like it's all logical and it makes sense. Let your four-year-old shop for you for six months and look at your diet and your budget. Yeah. Watch how quickly your house falls apart. Right. That's what's happening. Yeah. So digital is not the problem. That's what I'm trying to say. But I think there's a, um, so so I've read where uh, somebody was uh, saying, like, you know, one of the better ways, one of the easier ways to kind of think through the idea of technology um, in kind of a digital world is to think of it as wealth, right? So mm-hmm. technology, consider it like wealth, mm-hmm. right? You have so much at your disposal, yeah. so much going on. There's so many opportunities. So technology affords you the same thing that money does in a lot yep. of ways. So it gives you access, uh-huh. you know, which is at its core kind of what being rich is. You have less limited access because mm-hmm. you have more things at your disposal. So if we, if we kind of sit in that line of conversation that technology is wealth, um, then we can get to an easy place like you're talking about where it's like, oh, the, the technology is not the problem, mm-hmm. right? Just the same way that money isn't the problem. It's how people use it. Mm-hmm. Right? Are they using it to destroy? Or are they using it to be greedy and yep. selfish? Like, are they using it to give to other people yeah. and help folks out and build up communities, right? It's, it's, it's all a use factor for it. Um, but I think one thing that is there is that when we, like, there are very few things that get better the more of it we have. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is um, kind of going back to some of the stuff we talked about last time, like we're, we're finite, we're limited, we have mm-hmm. a capacity, right? So if you were to give me, like you have all those studies out there that says that once people get above like $75,000 a year, their happiness is not affected by the amount of money they have. Mm-hmm. They're no longer going to be any happier. In fact, yeah. there is a change where they will become sadder about it. Mm-hmm. Or disconnected, right? But it's it's the the arc, the the trajectory, the change is not is is not just constantly growing. Yeah. So in the same way, like there there probably is some sort of curve in the same space that like with my ability to kind of tap into in my finitude uh, the digital life that we are a part of. Um, there's a point when it's more than I can deal with, or more than I can be productive with. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way, like there's only so much money I'd be able to actually be productive with as an individual and so to have an innate capacity and then a presumed bottomless or 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 endless capacity Mm -hmm. through something like digital means like it's just hard to say that that can be just a full-on 100 percent net positive Mm -hmm. um because at the end of the day like if if what when i think and and this could be you know maybe the the last little point we we hit on for this but like Mm -hmm. when we think about like what creativity is. Uh, we can think of creativity as a conduit by which something can be done, or we can pass from a point to a point, a point of not having to a point of having, uh, whether it's ideas or things. Uh, but creativity is also the way that I can build the world around me in the way that I desire. Mm-hmm. Or or even to take a line from the Augustine book, like I can paint what I want to see. Mm-hmm. But if I'm inundated with everything and I've seen everything, where where am I going to actually have an inclination to want to make? Yeah, you, it's going to be a, it's going to be eliminated, but the, and that's the thing is, um, you know, one of those. Uh, so that video I sent you of the guy, you know, many of you have seen it. The man that paints blind, he's blind. Oh yeah, yeah, crazy. He can't see, and he paints with his hands, and he paints fairly accurate things. Yeah, but first of all, never seen. Yeah, he's never seen. Blind. Always been blind. And somehow, amazing perspective. Yeah. So his 
body is shifted to where he can see through his hands. He can see mm -hmm. through his hands, essentially. Yeah. So, so he can feel something and assess its spatial location and his sensory from his hands gives him the image in his mind's eye. Yeah. But here's the weird part. He can actually image that through paint and feel mm -hmm. on paper down to like even value changes that reflect light. Yeah. So, I mean, so I got too many thoughts about that. My mind is like had to shut it down for a minute because it speaks intensely to I think an idea that um, I think we're so sub what we're supposed to be that I think there's a kind of seeing that doesn't require the eyes alone or, or even light alone, um, which is for another day. But I think, I think there's a kind of seeing that is related to knowing mm -hmm. and, um, and um, it's a, it's a shocking directional step away from everything we understand, but it points to the fact that our bodies are a part of the way we see mm -hmm. And so when you talk about the kind of seeing you're talking about, it exactly cuts off our, our body. So that's why people are like, I don't need a body anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, because they haven't been using it and the world they're entering into seems more abundant by visual digital proposition. Yeah. But that visual digital proposition is far more vulnerable to the, the lights going off. Yes. So, so which means your life is less secure outer body in a world that gives you the illusion. I mean, literally it's it, when it's shifted into uh, um, life expectations, it becomes, a, it is a mirage mm -hmm. in, in it, under those pressures, under the pressure of ultimacy. It's a mirage uh, under the experience of tool. It's an interesting thing that affords a great opportunity to import back into our physical reality. Yeah. So it, it, so it's, but so the problem there is the heart that says, yeah, 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 I just want to live there, right? You can't. Mm -hmm. That's not living. Definitionally, you're dead. Like you, you can't. And let's say science figures it out enough that uh, you got some folks that are like your some kind of semblance of your conscience lives there. As soon as the power goes out, you're dead. It, yeah. it, it doesn't change anything. You're still dead. Yeah, yeah. And 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 power is vulnerable. Like electricity is vulnerable. Like like you know, a storm kicks on. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're worried about things going bad in your fridge. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like, so, um, and it's not eternal. So you're not going to, yeah. it's not an infinite existence. You're not avoiding the inevitable. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's a weird thing. It's hard to not talk about this stuff and not talk about space and time and objects. Well, I think, you know, one thing that comes to mind when you're talking is that, um, there is a way that uh, our access through digital means um, and what seems very simple because of how digital technology has advanced, there, there is a way that it actually lies to us in a very consistent and constant way. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think it's through thinking that like, oh, I've seen a thing, so I know a thing. Yeah. Right. So I see, I see it, so I know it. Like, you know, I know because I see. Um, but it actually kind of works the other way around. I see because I know, mm -hmm. right? So if you think about like, take it any level you want, you think human to human, right? Like I could, I could see anybody walking around town. doesn't mean anything about knowing them. Yeah. But once I start to get to know somebody, then I'm going to actually start to see things about them. Yeah. It's right? degrees, degrees. And so it's like, you take that away from just a human to human space into anything else. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, um, I actually, um, I can see this thing so I can now start to know it. Yeah. And that's the way it is with uh, 
works of art. It's one of the reasons that I get, I, I love museums that let you touch things. Yeah. Because it just lets me have so much more of, of seeing it, right? Yeah. Because it's yeah, not yeah. just eyes. Yeah. Right? It's not just that's looking gonna, at my That's phone. the beauty of the, the, the man that's blind, that's a painter. If you haven't found those videos, it's worth looking at. I'll pop them in the show notes. So yeah, it's see. worth it, man. It's, it's it, worth They're great to check out. Yeah. But it is one of those things where it's like, we can't. Miguel like, sent that to me. Oh, nice. Shout out to Miguel for sending that. He, he wrecked yeah. my brain up that day. I couldn't function. <laughs> or, I was like, wait. Yeah, and then everybody sent it to Miguel, wrecked their brain. So yeah, and I sent it to a, a friend, Doug, and Doug's like, I, I want this to be real. Please tell me it's real. Then he found some, you know, Doug. Doug found yeah. more videos, and Doug's like, oh, my gosh, it is real. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it is real. Doug verified it. We're really, <laughs> in, you know, it just kept, it yeah, just kept compounding, dude. It was. So, but I think, you know, there, it's one of those things like, you know, it's, of course, we're not going to answer this in like a, you know, 40 minute podcast. Yeah. Um, but um, it is one of those things, at least worth talking, at least putting in your brain that like maybe, yeah. uh, maybe our phones, maybe our, you know, laptops and everything else. Maybe, maybe there's something nice about like interacting with hey, all the people that were like, there's the, you know, the categories, people that are like super hip to the, they're waiting in line. I think James, a friend of ours, James gave a talk on this where he's like, yeah, the person who's ready to ready for the new thing, latest, greatest. There's the people that are like, they need to test it out first and mm -hmm. they jump on. And there's people that are resistant all the way through. And yeah. Right. So, I mean, the thing is we know that when we get something new, we're losing something. And the thing is sometimes we lose things we don't want. So the example of that was when everybody went into CD and then all of a sudden it was like, you know what? I miss vinyl. Yeah. You know, we're going to get there where you're like, I kind of miss the fact that I had to scratch my back and it ached, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. I'm going to, I miss that, you know, my rear end smells, <laughs> you know, and I got to take a shower. Yeah. Like I, I missed that My hair got messy. Mm -hmm. I miss that. People saw the back of my head. Yeah. Like you're going to miss things that you don't even, you, you so assume and take for granted. You don't even think if you continue to, you know, if we continue to walk in that direction and, um, and, uh, crafting, anchors us to a space and a scale that tells us who we are. So it reminds us something about our size and mm -hmm. our true form. I was say crafting is a wonderful check on humility. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down with a child and make some, make some arts and crafts, right? Yeah. Like, like you, you feel if you're, if you got some arrogance in your bones, uh, that it's beneath you. Yeah. But when you start talking to a five-year-old and apologizing for how poorly you draw, Yep. Like, then you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, and it's because you're uncoordinated away from the things that are primary and they're close to it. Mm -hmm. And it's more, um, uh, important to them. Yeah. So, so yeah, there, I'm just saying, man, there's a lot bound up in the question. There is, there's a whole lot. And it really is another one of those questions where we just want to like get stuff, the conversation going because the hope with a lot of this stuff with this series is, yeah, we've got our questions we're going to be asking, but we've got a bunch of friends of the podcast and a bunch of folks that we've talked to before yeah. that'll have their own questions. Yep. And hopefully this spurs on more of those where we have those things to come in so we can have larger conversations. Yeah, we might have one on on how painting, how you make space in a painting. Yeah. I think Miguel asked that question, so I asked him to come on. So if Miguel, if you're listening, we're waiting to plan that talk with you. Yeah, and those things are great because we do want your feedback. We always love hearing from you. So if you've got some of those questions, if there's a question just banging around in your head and you want some people to talk Send about it in a very nuanced, sometimes oblique way. Yeah. We're your people. Yeah, kick. Send us the <laughs> soccer ball and we'll kick it. Best 100%. we can. We're happy to have a conversation about pretty much anything. So almost, uh, almost, anything. almost anything. But I won't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we do love you guys. You are a fantastic audience, and we will catch you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life, an historic Shaco bottle.